0: All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show, our Twitter mailbag, and uh, it's also time for our favorite, or our other favorite part of the show, which is to thank our wonderful sponsor once again, Boomer Jacks. We're so excited to be partnering with them uh, on the Love of the Star here. Uh, it is the perfect spot for a stress-free night out. You know, you, you need you know wallet-friendly drinks and food, Boomer Jacks is your spot. You're coming in town for the Cowboys game, Boomer Jacks, the wall-to-wall TVs, the great drink specials. Affordable food, good time to be had there. 17 DFW locations. You can find yours at boomerjacks.com. Brian, we're going to be doing something a little bit different here with our Twitter mailbag. I asked people to send us their questions through video formats. We're actually going to be able to hear from some of our listeners here today and uh, interact with them maybe a little bit more directly. And so the first question here we're going to get is from Andrew Velder.
1: Is Dak in the MVP conversation this year if he plays lights out with this young offense and lifts them to another level than what people expect?
0: Brian, I don't know about you. I think that if Dak Prescott is able to play, you know, uh, up to a really high level and the offense is going to play up to a really high level after they lose Tyron Smith, after so many questions about their offensive line, their weapons at receiver, uh, as long as they're they're if he's doing that, then i'm guessing they're in contention for the playoffs and at that point i would think he'd be up near the top of you know two or three candidates that are really getting looked at as mvps
1: yeah thank you for the question andrew that was really well done uh yeah and he was he was dak was in the mvp conversation after he threw 51 passes and got a win against the patriots you know yeah. that's what it's that's what it's going to take it's going to take you know, not completely, not throwing 51 passes, but it's going to take those kind of victories, those signature victories. He's going to have some opportunities against some really good teams. The Packers, you know, to me, the Colts, you know, you could throw the Eagles in there. I think the Eagles are going to have a, a good team. I mean, you're going to have to win some of these signature games, maybe against the Rams, Tampa Bay coming up, Cincinnati. You get those types of victories against those quarterbacks that are also quarterbacks that are considered MVP candidates. You know, you can you can do a lot of good things that way.
0: You know, it, it's funny. I remember this being a discussion in around 2019. I had this chat with David Hellman, uh, our our buddy who is now at uh, Fox Sports. He's a TV star. He's a TV star, just like hanging out with LaShawn McCoy, and like it's. You're doing a good job. It's a good. Show. He's doing great, but it makes me sick, Brian. To be honest, it makes <laughs> me sick. Uh, no, we love Dave here, and and we were talking about what is Dak's signature road victory, and and he hadn't really had one up through 2019. At Pittsburgh, you could say. But, but we talk about when when you talk Green Bay is one that we came up with a little bit earlier yeah. in the season though when you look at is he in an MVP conversation, I think in order for him to be in an MVP conversation that that matchup in November on the road against Green Bay that's going to be a game where he has to win that if he wants to be considered
1: no, absolutely you find a way again you beat Tom Brady, Joe Burrow. you beat you know you beat Matt Stafford you know you find a way to beat Matt Ryan again, you know I mean the Colts are going to be a better team, but those are the kinds of things you're going to have to navigate along the road. And, you know, you beat the guys who everybody considers the top six, seven quarterbacks in the league. You're going to
0: get in the MVP mentions every single time. Next question here is from Chris Davis. Hey, Brian and Bobby, love the podcast, love a star is the best one out there. So my question for you guys is, do you believe the Cowboys defense will consistently put more pressure on the quarterback than they did last year, even with the loss of Randy Gregory? Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you very much, Chris. I um, appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, this is a tough question. I think in, on the interior, they're going to generate more pressure uh, coming inside than they did last year. I don't know if they're going to get more pressure on the edges. Um, I mean, other than just Mike Parsons is a freak and, and wherever they line him up and they get that. Um, I will say I was doing some research earlier today, Brian, um, and I was trying to figure out, you know, Tom Brady, he gets the ball out so quick, it's really tough to sack him. Uh, I did find the interesting note that since 2017, when you include playoffs and regular season, nobody has sacked Tom Brady more than Dante Fowler. He's done it five times, Um, and and that's the most of anybody in the league. In fact, second, I think, has three sacks, so he's up uh, by a couple there, and that's the way it's going to have to be. You're going to have to, you know, Dante Fowler, if he can stay healthy... And if he can, you know, play motivated football under Dan Quinn, who he thinks very highly of, I think he's got similar type of skill set to Randy Gregory in terms of that quick get off and an impressive athlete who can, you know, rip around the edge, dip under the tackle. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. I think generate more pressure, yes. Get more sacks, I don't know. But I, I think they will generate more pressure this year.
1: I am very interested. Brianna Dix even brought this up. She was right about this with what's going on at center and guard for the Buccaneers. And she mentioned Oso Diggy Zua. You know Tristan Hill. You know if you go back and look at the scouting reports with those two young players for the Bucks, quickness gave those guys problems. Yeah. When they when they had to face quickness, and that's what you're going to get from Osa. You're going to get that from Tristan Hill. So if the pressure can start in this game, and then all of a sudden it it works to the edges, uh, I, I I think that you know Dorrance Armstrong, I think, is going to have a big year. Uh, We talked to Tank Lawrence. He seems like he is ready to go and and get this season going the right way. You know, they've got the guys that are capable. We all talk about Parsons. I think they're going to move him around. I think Parsons, their teams are going to set their protection off him. And if they set the protection off him, that's going to free up others to try and get home and win one-on-one. So, yeah, the pressure, uh, it's not always about all the sacks, but the pressure about it I think is important uh, when you go forward. Uh, Into the season,
0: you know it's uh, it's interesting. You bring up Osa there, and that's somebody that we've talked a lot about having a really good camp. Reese talking about yeah, it, you know, yeah. and,
1: and again, she's she's covering the Bucks, so she knows what could potentially happen inside. It, it, it could go either it could go at left tackle for the Cowboys, and it could go at the left guard and center for the, the Bucks. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, and yeah. and Mike McCarthy talked about, and we you know this is something that's been discussed is that the way to get to Tom Brady is up the middle, but he's also somebody who gets rid of the ball really quickly. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I stopped you by this. You get those. him to
1: hold it. You get him to hold the ball. Bobby, that's, I'm going to say this real quick. I think this, this game has to be won for the Cowboys in the middle of the field. I said it, on, I was on, I'm on Cowboys break now, yeah. and I told the guys on, on, uh, on Thursday, I said, listen, Cowboys have to win the game in the middle of the field because that's where Tom Brady wants to throw the ball. He wants to throw it to a crosser. He wants to throw it to a tight end. He wants to get rid of it. He wants to get – that's the easiest throw for him to make. The outside throws aren't as easy for Tom as they once were. Now, he can still throw a deep ball, and those guys can go get it. You know, no question. Evans can go get it. But going to the outside, you see more incompletions than you do with the passes he throws in the middle of the
0: field. Well, and it's interesting because I, I I had asked Osa at his locker today. I just came by there, and I was like, hey, you know, they're, they're talking, Mike McCarthy's talking about it's got to be one up here in the middle, you know, a lot counting on you to to win these reps. And I asked him, I said, you know, how do you how do you attempt to prepare for that? Like, 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 how do you make sure that you get that advantage to be able to get to him in time when he does release the ball so quickly? And you know, Oso was talking about like snap anticipation. Um, you're going to need to to make sure that you're winning with your first move. Um, and, and if you don't win with your first move, he said, one of the big keys to him is you you can't give up on the play. You've got to play high motor, high intensity. He said because Tom Brady's not always going to be able to get the ball out in two and a half seconds like he wants. And so he said yeah. there are going to be those times where he's holding on to the ball for three or four seconds, and we especially just- the
1: secondary holds up. Yeah, and the secondary like- can hold
0: up. And yeah. he's like, we can't give up on those plays. We got play yeah. to play through the whistle and 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 play with intensity throughout. So I thought that was good stuff from Oso Digizua. Uh, next question here from one of our loyal listeners, Doctor Mark Clee. Hey, Bobby and Broadus, quick question about Ezekiel Elliott. I heard a take that we would think differently about him had he just gotten about 500 rushing yards and five touchdowns and then sat out the rest of the season after he got injured rather than how he performed overall playing hurt the last half of the season or so. Just wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that take. Thanks. Yeah, I think that that's probably pretty accurate. If if Ezekiel Elliott had just shut it down and healed up from that, then we all would have remembered just that beginning of the season where he ran really well, looked like he had turned back the clock. Um, But that's not what happened. And so it it did, you know, we saw over the course of a season where he struggled, pass protection wasn't as great as it had been in the past. Yeah. And and, and just looked like, you know, father time was starting to catch up. Now we'll see if it was just related to that knee injury and if he comes back looking healthy. But I don't disagree. I think that had things been shut down earlier in the season, we probably look more favorably on Zeke heading into this year.
1: Or we would have said, like, keep Zeke on the bench and let Tony Pollard start every game because Tony Pollard could have probably, you know, Tony Pollard was averaging about a yard more, uh, you know, uh, a rush. You know, maybe things would have been different. Maybe they could have run the football because when you're talking about to the hole, through the hole, the quickness, there's a difference between 20 and 21 running the football. Yes, You can see it. You don't need to be the former NFL scout to see that. You see it with your own eyes. So Zeke was unavailable. We might be having the conversations like, well, can Zeke unseat uh, Tony Pollard as the primary back for the Dallas Cowboys?
0: Uh, you know, you say uh, you see that difference to the hole through the oh, hole you see so it. between 20 and 21. Yeah. Do you think we're going to be talking by the end of the year that we see that difference with 23 and 21? Rico Dowdle looks really impressive when he gets oh, the he's, hole.
1: Yeah, he's, he, he does look impressive. I mean, these backs, they've got backs that can get to and through the hole. Uh I just, you know, they, they they think Zeke is a warrior. That's yeah. what, you know, Mike McCarthy is all along. Mike McCarthy is going to die on that hill with Ezekiel Elliott carrying the football. That, yeah. that I mean, if Mike McCarthy keeps his job, it's because Ezekiel Elliott found a way to get a rushing attack this year. If it doesn't work out and they, they mismanage again, uh, I say mismanage, but if Pollard doesn't play and you can see it again with your eyes, we're going to have a different head coach and different offensive coordinator here next year
0: let's go over to the next question now hey there bobby and brian this is mario from the talking boys with the boys podcast i'm really excited about defensive line depth this season as it's something we haven't had in quite a while the cowboys released an official depth chart the other day showing quentin Bohanna listed with the first team over neville gallimore a do you think that's anything worth reading into and b with the defensive game plan in mind what is your ideal starting defensive lineup for the tampa bay game sunday night keep up the good work Go Cowboys. Uh, I think that's absolutely something to read into. I think this team likes yeah. Quentin Bohanna more than Neville Gallimore right now. I
1: think they do, too. I think there were things about Neville Gallimore. Bobby, you were on this really, really early, that that maybe the fact that Neville Gallimore was playing more into the preseason, late into the preseason games, they weren't particularly happy with him. I think we'll see if things have changed there. But Quentin Bohanna uh, has has earned the opportunity to be a uh, DT1 uh, for these Dallas Cowboys, especially at that one technique.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in terms of the the grouping, the like the type of defense you want to see against the Buccaneers, my personal preference would be at like Lawrence and Fowler on the edges, Ohana and Odigizua inside. You come in there with Parsons and Vanderesh, and then, you know, you roll with uh, Diggs, Lewis, Brown. If Lewis is hurt, I'd prefer Bland over Joseph or uh, Nashawn Wright. And then, you know, your safeties, is J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. Um, but they'll, they'll play some three safety looks probably with Donovan Wilson and Mukwamu also getting some reps in there. Um, but, yeah, I think absolutely they're on the interior for me. Bohanna and Odigizua I think are the clear-cut best defensive tackle combo they can run out there right now.
1: I'm going to start Dorrance Armstrong and right end and see I where would. him. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see where Armstrong and Fowler both are right there. I think there's a possibility – uh, that Sam Williams might be an inactive guy this
0: week. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good bet. And you know, it's funny. You talked about Tolbert potentially being an inactive. Yeah. Can you imagine if they would have gone into game one with Tolbert inactive, Williams inactive, and Tyler Smith not starting if Tyron was healthy and they went with McGovern. Mm, that would tough. That would have been a really tough thing to swallow. Uh, let's go with one more question here. Final one here from Russell Maben.
1: Do you feel like there's any legs to the conspiracy theory that Jerry's setting them up to do just good enough to where they can stay relevant and make money, but then also be able to fire Mike McCarthy and hire Sean Payton, and then maybe use his fantastic salesman skills to keep uh, Dan Quinn? Just
0: curious. I I don't, I don't know. I'm actually of the belief that the apple of Jerry's eye as the next head coach would probably be Quinn over Peyton. myself. I agree. I, 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 I don't agree. know yeah. that. I don't know that they want to have the personnel battle fights with Sean Payton that I don't think they'd have with Dan Quinn.
1: I think you're right about that, Bobby. I think that Will McClay and Stephen Jones, they feel like that they've got this scouting department where they need it to be. The player acquisitions, the even though it's not go out and get free agencies, they, you know they they went and got uh, Jason Peters, which was a great move in my opinion to uh, shore up an area that potentially could be bad. But I, I don't think that you want, and I love Sean Payton like a brother. I really, really do. He and I, I go way, 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 way back when he was getting coffee for coaches <laughs> in Philadelphia. That's how long I've known Sean Payton. But I'd love to have him here. I'd love him for to be able to help Dak Prescott, we'll see what happens with Mike McCarthy. I don't want to throw dirt on Mike right now, but if you're looking at that going forward, I, I think Jerry has really not that much to do with what's going on. I think that if if it's the, if the next coach, he helped get Dan Quinn to stay. By all means, Dan Quinn should be probably the coach of the Denver Broncos right now, but he's not. But the contract is like he's a head coach in the NFL, the way he's being paid. I think that Will and Steven – would fight their rears off to make sure that Jerry hired Dan Quinn instead of Sean Payton. That I don't think is a conspiracy at all, but I think that's Will and and Steven want to keep the personnel department in line and they can do it if they have Dan Quinn as their head coach.
0: That will do it for us here on the Love of the Star. The next time we'll talk to you will be reaction to the Buccaneers and Cowboys game on Monday. Uh, Brian, really quickly, I don't need to score from me, but, but Buccaneers or Cowboys, who do you got in this first one?
1: Yeah, I'll just take the – you know, I, I I like the Cowboys here. I think the Cowboys defensively. If the Cowboys weren't good enough defensively, I think it would be a real problem. I, I'm going to I'm gonna think both offensive lines are going to be okay in this game, but I think there's going to be something defensively that's going to happen. And, I, I you know, the Cowboys, I think – I think Mr. Turnover still lives on that Cowboys sideline. They showed a lot, of, you know, with their backups getting turnovers during the, the season. I think that uh, I think Mr. Turnover is still hanging out over there. So we'll see if they can uh, make Tom Brady or, or, uh, or, you know, Fontenot, uh, excuse me, Fournette, uh, you know, tip a ball in the air or something like that where they can get an interception or two and turn this game around.
0: And I'll play the bad guy, and I'll pick the Buccaneers. In, in a low-scoring game, I think we're going way under. I think Vegas has it at okay. 50 and a half right now. I'm saying way under, like 20 to 14 or something I'll like be that. the
1: homer this time there, around. There right? we
0: go. Uh, for Brian Broaddus, I am Bobby Belt. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday.